Welcome to the Demon Games, Volume 1, The Game of Man and Fallen Angels. This is Episode 35, Warriors. It is told from the perspective of Sniper Grayson. This is a warrior's paradise. The people who live here are competitive, adventuresome, and protective of others. They largely prefer to be independent and self-reliant. They possess highly developed survival skills. If you choose to stay here, you will be with people who share your value system. The terrain is rugged and challenging. It has steep mountains as well as beaches. It fits your definition of paradise. Well, I'm guessing every dimension has an ocean. Who doesn't like beaches? You would be surprised. I'm going to take you to dimensions six through 10. I have some people for you to meet along the way. You will be leading a team of six. There will be two each from sixth, eighth, and ninth dimensions. They already know that they've been chosen for the assignment, but they've only been given a few details. They were assured you will direct them when you meet. Wait, if we are picking up two people from each of the other dimensions, why am I the only one from the fifth dimension? Well, the residents of the fifth dimension have very strong personalities, as you know. Warriors are like beta fish. If you put two together, they will likely fight to the death. You will function better if you are the only one leading. Well, that makes sense, and it does sound like my life on Earth. How are the warriors going to exist peacefully for eternity? Well, your assignments will keep you apart, for the most part, and many warriors eventually get assigned to other galaxies. Are you telling me there is life in other galaxies? Seneca winks at me. That answer will have to wait until later. It is multifaceted in answer. Then I have another question. If I'm going to give the team their instructions, shouldn't I be briefed on the specifics now? Well, yes and no. That's a very vague answer. I'll explain everything as we move along. There is a place for everything. Let's just take another walk. Walk? I thought we would be flying here. I smile slightly back at Seneca. Oh, you will be. You just aren't ready for it yet. I can fly, but I don't want to show off. It might, might be an affront to your manliness. <laughs> as if. Seneca looks over his shoulder and smiles at me. I like this guy, but he has a busy personality. His body movements are naturally slower than mine, but his mind moves quickly. It would be more accurate to say his mind moves complexly. I am increasingly frustrated with the information he is withholding. My trainee tells me people who withhold information either don't have it or they're using it to their advantage. The soldier in me says we should have been talking about the mission from the beginning to ensure details are not overlooked. I have no choice but to adapt to Seneca's timing for now. He knows his way around. I do not. Another half a mile is behind us. Seneca stops walking and perches himself atop a bleached boulder. He picks up a long stick and draws in the black sand as he begins talking. All right, Grayson, let's review some things before we meet your team. Heaven begins in the fourth dimension. This is where I met you. In heaven, we use the dimension and heavenly terms interchangeably. Levels above the fourth dimension do not experience time. Trust me when I say this. You have not really lived until you have lived outside of time. It is a beautiful thing. On earth, man is forever running against an imaginary clock. If he cannot find a way to turn it off, it will steal the joy of the moment and leave him with little more than regret and anxiety. Time is one of the curses put upon man and earth after sin entered the world. There was no element of time in Eden, and there is no element of time here. Seneca is making his point as he quickly draws in the sand. For a man who is so relaxed, he is suddenly showing a sense of urgency. As you witness firsthand, the fourth dimension has a realm of free-flowing travel. 
It is the crossroads between the human dimensions and the spiritual ones. There is no delicate way of saying this. It is also the place where the souls of men bound for Hades come for their sentencing. They are held for only a short time, and they do not receive the pleasant awakening you do. They wake up in a dark, secluded holding cell in an area we call the Court of the Damned. Well, that's a pretty clear title. I think I understand what happens there. Yes, I'm sure you do. These souls receive their sentencing and are taken away by the demons. On the other hand, this is also where the souls bound for an eternity with Almighty awaken in their paradise. After they are acclimated, the angels escort them to the pearly gates of St. Peter in the seventh dimension. Here they enjoy their official welcoming. The fourth heaven has many different settings that manifest to fit each person's idea of paradise. For you, it has always been the ocean. This is why you woke up near one. Everyone wakes up in their idea of perfection. It helps them relax into the transition. Nice perk, right? Yes, impressive. You were also dressed in your favorite clothing. Yes, I was. Now that's interesting. If I were to guess, I would have thought we arrived here either naked or in robes. I'm impressed that you were aware of my favorite outfit. Well, the way it works, your guardian angel and spirit guides enter all the data on you. If I were to describe our tracking system to your generation, I would say it's like a huge data server. Your life is uploaded as it happens. Every detail is recorded. That sounds like a huge and unsettling task. I must keep my team busy. I rarely sit still, and I'm often in danger. When you say upload, how is the data entered? Well, the citizens of heaven have telepathy. Data can travel from the angels and spirit guides directly into your storage area in an instant. They do not have to leave your side to transfer information to storage. That sounds a lot like the Engage app causing so much controversy on Earth right now. It's storing all of man's data and making it available to the public with very few firewalls. It is being accused of shattering privacy rights and leaving citizens exposed to discrimination. It is also estimated that the number of lawsuits filed against Engage in the United Kingdom alone will consume eight years of that nation's court time. I guess man doesn't like to be tracked or have his secrets revealed. When you say the citizens of heaven have telepathy, does that include you? Can you read my mind? Well, that's a little complicated. <laughs> I figured as much. Seneca ignores my sarcasm and addresses my original question. I possess the skill to read your mind, but only if you allow it. We cannot forcibly read each other's minds. The external information I speak of is collected from observation, not from mind reading. It is sensory for us, and it permeates all of heaven. It's translated into a haptic language so we can all tap into it. Almighty holds himself to the same standard. As much as people want to believe their creator reads their thoughts, they are misguided. I will explain more as we get closer to the mission. For now, just relax. Though everyone here can read your mind, they cannot do so without your permission. As we begin to walk again, Seneca turns towards me and quickly looks me up and down. He begins to snicker. Uh, before we go too much further, we need to do something about your outfit. I know you chose these items for comfort, but they will be a riot here. Well, and they may cause one, too. Well, what's wrong with my clothes? You are wearing a Beatles shirt. So? Well, in 1966, John Lennon told an interviewer that the Beatles were more popular than Jesus. He went on to say that rock music would outlive Christianity. I was thinking maybe you should change your clothes before you meet Jesus. Seneca lets out another belly laugh. It echoes behind him as he leads me to another location. Seneca's laughter is contagious. I admit the thing about my clothes is funny. He seems to be a happy man. I'm looking forward to knowing this level of contentment. It sounds like another type of paradise for me. 
My mind wanders as we walk. I imagine everyone reflects on their life when they wake up here. Some probably face regret, wasted time, missed purposes, and lost loves. I am keenly aware I did little more with my 31 years than move from one duty to the next. I treated my life as if it were a checklist. I can see that my military career gave me an excuse to live in self-imposed fear every single day of the last nine years. It turns out my fear was unfounded. I was always on a protected path leading me to my purpose here. Seneca shoots me an empathetic glance. Yes, we humans seem to think our death is about ending our journey on earth. It's not. It's all about beginning our journey in heaven. I nod. This should be announced at funerals. It might ease the pain of loss. Now that I am on the other side, I can see that life on earth is a short part of my unending existence. As it turns out, entertaining the fear was the worst idea of my life. A bit of guilt settles into my mind as I realize how shallow my faith had been on earth. Seneca has probably seen it all by now. Even if he can't read my mind, I'm certain he has profiled me. I'm probably not the first lone wolf personality he has encountered. No doubt he has figured out I have a strong wall built around my emotions. He is probably aware that after one failed relationship, I found life to be more manageable if I kept everyone at a distance. I sleep better knowing no one has the capacity to hurt me. Choosing to participate in relationships is one of the few things men can control, and I control it well. Well, this is the end of this episode, and we have seen a little more of heaven. We are on our way to the other levels. More conversation giving us insight to the great game that is, lies before us. We hope you will join us for the next podcast, episode 36, The Strategist.